Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. Uh, it's episode four of the season. We're back. We've played a few games since. Uh, it's me, James, we've got John and we've got Connor today. Connor, you're back in the land of Ireland. How you doing? I am. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, I moved back to sunny Belfast, which actually mm. something I thought I'd never say, but it has actually been very nice here recently. Um on Sunday, last Sunday, week Sunday. So yeah, I've been back for a while. So I managed to get two games in um, via iFollow. Uh, I was going to say, quite, I, thought you're, the same. I thought you were about to give a day-by-day weather forecast for a minute there when you said summer. <laughs> I'm glad it was something else. No, 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 no. no I'm Good. not quite the weatherman. Do you, do you cook for yourself or do you just eat Frosties every day as a student? I definitely cook for myself. I'm I'm nearly 26 years old, <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not just a student either. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely cook for myself. Like I'm I'm very capable of looking after myself. Do you, do you become Doctor Connor at the end of this? Yes, I do. Yes, Doctor Connor. Can yeah. we call? We need to call, refer to you as Doctor Connor on the pod. Doctor Connor. Yeah, not not Doctor Penfold. I think Doctor no, Connor sounds better to be honest. I prefer Doctor Connor. Yeah, Doctor Pen, Penfold sounds too posh. Don't like it. I've just got the um, Dr. Pepper song in my head now. <laughs> you right, John? Oh, dear. Yeah, not too bad. I feel like we're going into like the cold weather podding season. You know, can mm. we pod? On, can we pod on a Wednesday night? Cold Wednesday night type of thing. <laughs> cold Wednesday night. But then it was. T- this is the proof. Exactly. This pod has actually started at the best time possible for me because the Tesco delivery driver just arrived. And I was like, oh, we've got to go. I just can't. It's no, there's nothing worse than putting the shopping away. So I was like, I've got to pod. Ooh. There we go. See, I did. I put the Tesco shop away earlier. Okay. Do it early, James. Any particular treats in there? This is the <laughs> prime content um, again. <laughs> do, do, <laughs> any treat? Uh yeah, well, it's like, I can't remember what they are. They're like some really nice cereal bars, but I can't remember the name of them, but they're banging. So there you go. We're not talking Tracker. about, we're not, talk, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not ranking our, our favorite biscuits. We're, um, we're <laughs> going to start ranking our favorite uh, cereal bars. Right. This is what the content, this is, this is the content stop. everyone came stop for. It. Everyone stop. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm actually getting worse just, at the intros now. I'll just, just tail off into nothingness. Um, right, news. <laughs> We, we've said takeover news is the first thing in the news section on every pod so far. But John, it's still going on, but there's been some positive updates in a sense. Yeah, it was nice to hear that KR talk about it's with the EFL for approval. I think he did caveat that with think it is. But the fact all the directors seem to be swarming around over the last couple of games. I think Vakri was here, choose for Accrington. And then others on Saturday. So it sounds like it's moving in the right space. There's a bit more on the figures as well. So 25% each for Bakri and Torhir for in terms of the majority stake. So, and they're still talking about doing it fairly soon. Um, but it, yeah, it was in, it was the first time we'd heard it. it's gone to the EFL. And we know the EFL have got a lot on their plate to uh, screw up <laughs> and continue destroying various clubs. Probably Indeed. for good reasons in some places. Um, give them some credit. So, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see that movement. And, I mean, KR talks a good game, and I'm, I don't mean that to be mean, but he sounded really, really positive 
with the sort of top 30 comment and he didn't he an... say something about him having opportunities to go elsewhere or something yeah he said he had chances to go to other championship teams this is in the context of the fact he was saying we are a championship team it's just going to take a period of years to get there which yeah. i think is probably him just being a bit cheeky really but and who knows how developed these approaches may or may not have been um i thought it was an interesting comment he made where he said this is in context of speaking to the directors there have been so many other things pushed under the carpet for this football club for to succeed for too long and that was kind of i guess he's referring to things like the training ground and other yeah. things but it's it was an interesting quite sort of marked comment to make when he when he was speaking so positively about where things were heading that so. that was it wasn't it he talked about like the investment not just in the training pitch but the disability team the women's team all that good stuff and then he said we're a proper football club but it is nice to reflect on where we were 15 10 15 years ago connor isn't it and then think of where we're at now yeah i mean obviously for someone of my generation I think um, we've seen an awful lot of improvements um, for fans, you know, that are kind of 25 and younger. Um, definitely. I think obviously for, for those who are a lot older, you've seen, you've seen All right. rock, you've seen, <laughs> you've seen sky high and you've also seen rock bottom. Whereas we've, you know, my generation of fans have really only seen rock bottom and then where we are now. So it has definitely been a vast improvement over the last sort of 15 years, like you say, but I, I I find these top thirty team things that that get thrown around. I, I sometimes I don't buy into this because it's yes, okay, the club might be ran in that manner, which is only a good thing. But in terms of where we are in in the division, that's that's where your you know the bread and butter is. If you're in a top yeah. thirty team in the country, then you know you're the top end of the championship, not in the middle of League One. But but you know I digress. Like you say, we we. We've got a plan. Clearly, it's a you know a five year plan in KR's sense, I imagine, um, to get to the championship. Um, we'll have to wait and see how that goes this year, because obviously last year we fell short again. So yeah. it's it's it, it it's one of those things where I think you know how many how many years will it take from 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 this point onwards, and if we don't make it in the next let's say two years, you know, is KR really going to be sticking around any longer? And and or are people going to want him to stick around? So, God, you're looking ahead here. The thing yeah, with, well, the, with the top thirty to, yeah. thing, the thing that was on my mind is just like I think straight away to the stadium stuff. Like, is the surely if you're taking over the club, you, they're going to want to do it with something, something exciting behind it. Otherwise, it's just going to be very mm. much the same. Maybe that doesn't matter, and it's just that additional kind of financial power we'll have. But if you are going to be a top 30 team and every Oxford fan cares more about the sustainability of the club than anything else, then this club needs to scale at an appropriate level, as in we need to have the ability to have a bigger stadium so you can pull in bigger crowds from the catchment, you can attract bigger away support, um, you're you know getting over 10, 12,000 every kind of game, and it's all scaling as one. If, you're going to, if you want to be a top 30 team, that's all got to kind of happen. Hasn't it, John? I'm just waffling yeah, a bit. Yeah, I mean, but... the, the, the rev- extra revenue you get from being in the championship is obviously significant. But if you don't have the stadium side of things off, on the back of it, then how do you get into being a top 40 team or 50 team, if <laughs> yeah. you think about it? Like, um, 
surely most of us at the moment would take a kind of stability in the championship as like pretty much job done. Not that you know where we are now is a bad place. Um, yeah, it was interesting hearing um, Wickham. Do you remember the Wickham owner last season getting a bit excited about Derby and their predicament, and now it's all come to pass, and then they're kind of saying, "Well, Derby have had the points deduction." They should have been re- that if this all played out last year, they'd have been relegated and they would have stayed up, and that's a massive financial impact. Mm. I mean, I'm not overly upset for them, to be fair, but you know, I'm really not. <laughs> I know, but it's a fair point, isn't it? I was just, I was looking at that going. It seems, yeah, no, oh no, 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 it is, it is a good point. No, it is a good point. Um, I yeah. think they can definitely be see themselves hard done by, but <laughs> fuck them, um, it's Wickham. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they've kept the same team, so what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Um, right, moving on. The just a reminder that the Mickey Lewis uh, Memorial Game is on October the tenth. They've announced um, that Caleb from Clarkson's Farm is going to be there. I don't know if any of you watched that, but I did. And this guy was a character. Yeah, um, I've watched it. I really liked it. Um, yeah, you know, more about the farming side of things than, to be honest, any, anything else. Like, but um, I can see that. I can see you. You know, busting. Busting out a combine harvester with style. That's the, that is the nicest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> you, you think I could pull off a combine harvester? Yeah, li- with a, g- a gilet and a flat cap. Yeah. I can't quite I could, No, I can actually. Okay. Right. <laughs> Tangent. We'll do it in an away game together yeah. one day. Um, oh, just turn sake. up and go through the fence end with it. Is it that that was filmed in Chipping Norton, wasn't it, Clarkson's Farm? So it's not, you know, it's pretty local. Yeah. I, yeah. That Caleb guy, I got the impression he'd never seen a TV before. So it'll be interesting to see if he's into a football yeah, he, game. And he's stuff. going to play in goal apparently at some point. That's right. It, sharing the gloves with Alan Judge, Ryan Clark, <laughs> Phil Wilson, Wayne Brown, Phil Whitehead. Go on, Phil Whitehead, Max Crocombe, and Billy Turley, Elvis. Can, can I? Can I ask? Why is this bloke involved in it? What's his attachment? I don't. I don't know. But he's, he's just from up the road at the moment. Right. Okay. Yeah. The thing about that game, obviously, Can't be that popular. I don't know. It's an amazing cause, but the, to me, like, given lots of the 2010 players and like some players before that, including the mighty Barry Quinn, are also going to be playing. But like most of the 2010 team, even players like Kevin Sandwick, who you wouldn't have associated with that, bought into the club like playing but the thing about that is the piss up after that game <laughs> is going to be enormous there's about 80 players that will have all probably played or had some interaction like that's where you want to be you don't want to be at the game you want to be at the piss up after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, you your priorities right I, yeah. it, again though it's incredible seeing the the list of people that are obviously committing their time to be part of that so yeah obviously as many fans that can contribute to that, all the money's going to uh, Mickey's wife and his his young kid as well. Um, so please, yeah, please donate what you can. Obviously, get yourself along to that. It looks like the Sunderland game is probably going to be cancelled the day before um, as well or postponed. So, yeah, that's that. Um, right, should we talk about some football? I think obviously we've had a delightful result midweek this week, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, and then let's rattle through the games before since we last did a pod. So, did you go to the Wickham game, Connor? I think you were there at home. I did. I did. Yes. Um, 
Wickham didn't really. I mean, they brought <sighs> what we expected of them, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they? Just yeah, it was one of those. It, it's a very. It was a classic Wickham performance, which I think a lot of fans uh, that I heard on the radio after the game and flicking through Twitter and that sort of thing. It, it's one of those things where, it, as an Oxford fan with the football that we play, like for example, how we played last night against Accrington, um, if if you sit in and watching Wickham every week, it must be so boring because it is just woeful football like I don't care that they got promoted and and they beat us and you know and what I said earlier about fuck Wickham and all this stuff but my god it is so boring to watch it I can't believe people pay good money to sit and watch a centre half boot the ball forward towards a striker and try and win second balls and play in and around you know in front of the, the opposition's back four all the time it's so boring to watch and yeah, I'm having a go at them because, it, again, in this game, it was just boring. But it was effective because they nullified us completely and we had absolutely no answer to it. And obviously, you know, hence why the game finished nil-nil because we just couldn't find a way to break them down. Defensively, they're very good. Yeah. Um, but John, it's John, boring to watch. Did you not think that maybe they'd have a little bit more to offer with Sam? They've kept their back line. They still had Jacobson. They've got, what's his name, Stewart there. And then they had, they got Sam Vokes and other players. Like, were you a bit surprised? I thought they just came to, I mean, they just basically compressed the pitch completely, gave us no space. And I think they just meant that they just didn't have the ability to really get much going forward unless it was off a, a long ball and kind of that side of things. I mean, I, I took quite a lot from it in a positive sense in that, the game was so much built up around they play this way and are we going to stand up to it and are we just going to get sort of bullied bullied off it? And we were pretty physical and pretty ratty yeah. all through the game and I, I really liked that. It wasn't what's, your, game... what's your word for it again? Rotter. Rotters. Rot, rot bag. We had some rot, rotters, yeah. Yeah, Brannigan particularly was just absolutely loving it. And I thought that was important to obviously not, not lose but also to stand kind of stand up to them, I suppose. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't a game we want to play because... You know, seven out seven out of ten, we lose that game. But I thought that was that was a positive. But then, you know, it took us till the second half to get going. The chance where White kind of broke through. Oh uh, yeah, tried, I remember. Tried now. to play in Sykes when he should have gone on himself. That could have been a big moment. Um, but I think it's the it's the classic thing of like how we need to know how to break these teams down because if we'd scored against them, they wouldn't have really known what to do. Yeah, that that Sykes, that you're right, that Gavin White and Sykes one where it was two on one, Sykes, you know, went out wide to kind of drag the defender away, didn't he? And then White just didn't, was in two minds. We've seen a bit of that of Gavin White, haven't we? I know, Connor, you were saying last night it's been a bit difficult for him. It's yeah. definitely a pattern with White. There's that is either yeah. bad finishing or bad decision making. I mean, I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I'm not sort of having a massive slag off, but. It's not it's not happened yet, has it? So No, he he definitely hasn't hit the ground running. I think it's the cliche. Um it's frustrating because he's one of the players I was really excited about. And obviously I know that we're still very early on in the season, but I think you're right with his inconsistent um final ball or decision making, it's quite frustrating to watch. And I think um it's one of the reasons I think why he was dropped last night, to be honest. Um Yeah. 
and yeah. rightly so, in, in my opinion, in the you know in the nice way possible to him. Because I I think Gavin White will come good. He'll come good for the season. Yeah, I'm sure it will. But but definitely. I'm sure it will. But I just think he, he he's just taken a while to get going in an Oxfordshire again. I think. What What's kind of nice though with him is that we're not. If his form isn't quite there, we've got other players. Obviously, that you know is proved exactly. last night that are going to be able to come in and yeah. and do a job and then push him to improve. So I think it's all you know. The squad is so much better this season. For that, definitely, um, I think that's that's one of the most important things. With when you look back at the window and the business we've done, the fact that he's got players like Ryan Williams and Nathan Holland breathing down his neck, and Billy Bowden as well. You know, it's it's yeah. a healthy it's a healthy squad. It's a healthy problem to have for someone like Carl Robinson. When I said Carl Robinson, then not KR. That sounded weird. Um, <laughs> it, it you know it's a healthy problem for him because you know if a player isn't quite performing to the level that's expected, then there are other players that are kind of chomping at the bit to to, to, to have their chance. And that's exactly what happened last night, but yeah. we'll go on to that later. So we then went to play Cheltenham away. So obviously quite a local game. We took a good following there. First half, it sounded like we were pretty on top. And then second half, just a bit of nothingness. Yeah. Didn't you say, Connor, you just yeah. slumped into your seat in sadness at one point? <laughs> I did, yeah. Because like you say, first half, we were actually... We look quite good. Um, I, I recall a James Henry um, shot from the edge of the box that the goalkeeper saved, which was a, a oh, really good that save. Was a, that was a um, beaut. It was proper yeah. connected, going top left, and the keeper yeah. made it look amazing. But it was, yeah, if one of those goes in, yeah. I mean, cliche again. Yeah, I think. Game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think first half we, we actually performed quite well. We, um, we, we, we. We had that kind of, you know, the sense of possession where you you maintain the ball inside the opposition's half. We did that relatively well, um, and then this. But the second half, it was like, God knows what had been said at half time. But second half, Cheltenham were just looked the far better team. And and like you say, with me slumping in my chair, it was one of those where just you just sit there and you think, for Christ's sake, I can't even be bothered to watch this because it was it was just not it, there was nothing inspiring about the performance in the second half. Um, and their goal came from a, a really, really straightforward um, kick up, yeah. kick from the goalkeeper out of his hands. Thornley missed the header, and then their old boy squared it across the box. And um, is it Alfie May? Alfie May obviously Alfie tapped May, it yeah. in. And, yeah, and it was one of those where it was just a very straightforward goal. Um, and it was there was no one near him, was he, when he tapped it in either? No, I mean Thornley yeah. missed the header, and I think this is the only. The only criticism you can possibly have of Thornley is he's not the greatest in the air. Um, but I, I'm not going to criticise him because I think he's generally been one of the best players that, that yeah. we've had so far. Um, but he, he, he lost the header and, and and the recovery runs from, I think it was McNally who played with him, I think. Uh, you know, they just weren't there. And like you say, Alfie May had so much space to tap it in. I mean, it's just... It, it, it was one of those that Stevens was never going to get anywhere near because it's just one of those where it's just squared across the box and you know that was that it was just a really frustrating result because like I said last night to you guys if we are going to challenge this season we need to beat teams like Cheltenham that, that's it isn't it it's just like the teams that have come up from League 2 so what your Bolton we obviously lost away at Bolton but you know they've they've got some decent players and you can kind of the performance wasn't too bad set piece goals etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, Cambridge we obviously didn't beat it's and, worse yeah. than Cambridge. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it did, didn't it? But that's Connor. Connor makes a good point in that you know these games do start adding up, and then it it again puts all that pressure on you to go on one of our amazing runs to then sustain that place. But you know, luckily we had a bit of a better start to be able to hopefully soak this up a little bit. It's taking the initiative against these teams. We just didn't seem to have an idea of how to do that, and the teams that go up, I'll always remember. This Rotherham team turned up like maybe three or four years ago, and they were just—they weren't overly pretty, but they just put us under relentless pressure. I remember that, yeah. And and it was just thinking, well, if we go to a team like Cheltenham, put them under, you know, keep the ball and put them under relatively relentless pressure, not by like booming it, by just kind of constantly putting them under pressure, playing different types of ways at them, they'll—they should crumble. And then once you've scored one they're not going to know what to do. Whereas with this, they clearly went, let's just see what they do. And we went, oh, um, well, we'll just keep the ball and, and move left to right across the pitch. And I think, you know, I think it was Kinnever on, um, wasn't at the game, made the good point that we should have perhaps just put, gone to up top or, or just tried something different completely just to try and make, mess them up a bit because they just gone, right, we'll yeah. go into a 4-5-1 as many teams against us do. And then see what happens. Yeah. I mean, towards I think, the end um, at, at Cheltenham, sorry, James. Towards the end of Cheltenham, we had five attacking players on the pitch. Like I think it was Aji came on. Um, I want to say Bowden as well, and we still had Gavin White on the pitch. We still had Matty Taylor on the pitch, and it was just like, how many more attacking players are we going to have on the pitch before we start to create something that was actually worthwhile? You know, like an actual shot on target in the second half and they were shooting towards us in the second half as well at the away fans and it was so frustrating because it's it sometimes I feel like we don't have a plan B sometimes um but then it's interesting to say this because you look at the game last night against Sackington and we scored five really good goals and they were different goals you know what I mean they weren't all the same they weren't all kind of the same blueprint and it's frustrating how certain teams we, we just really struggle to break them down and I can't pinpoint what other teams do to stop us doing it, if you know what I mean. I don't think I've got the tactical knowledge to to do yeah. that myself as a fan. Um, but there are the certain teams good, we really can't break down. The thing that KR's been pretty clear in saying that if you just go back and look at the run of games of late, even though we haven't picked up too many points, generally any neutral watching would say we're probably the better footballing team. We've generally dominated most of the games, but obviously that doesn't correlate two results necessarily so even when you go back and you look at like Wickham like 66% possession and then obviously we move on to Gillingham at the weekend 72% possession and I guess that Gillingham game John like we just we just battered them like got the early goal which is something that we thought we might struggle to do obviously and then the combination between Herbie Kane, who obviously started the game, and Matty Taylor. Everyone was going perfect. You know that we, Taylor needs a goal. Herbie Kane needs some confidence. He needs to get himself into the side. You're thinking, amazing. We'll we'll ride this from here. And then Alex, it had to be bloody Alex McDonald, didn't he? Macca, <laughs> not celebrating. Didn't do an Adebayor on the against the fence <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but like, I was, I, I just thought second half we absolutely pummeled them, but. I don't know if you were listening into this, John, or anything like that. Yeah, but it was well yeah. on the listening in thing, and I don't know whether this was just just on the 
iFollow app, but you could only have Gillingham, the um, BBC Kent commentary. Oh, yeah. Which is really weird. Interestingly, though, these guys were actually... Do they like quite... Steve Evans? They'd, no, they, they didn't mention his name once. <laughs> that I can um, maybe, yeah, maybe it's a clue. But they were actually, like, compared to, like, what was it, BBC Lincoln, who were just completely biased and, like, having a go at, like, Brannigan for being a scouser, even though yeah. it's in Manchester and stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, but they were actually quite balanced. But um, it was really weird, though. They kept, like, cutting to local games and they kept going to Tunbridge Angels for, like, a score update. And it was like, oh, my God, this is, like, some sort of weird flashback to when we were playing them um but yeah why I mean, would I you bring that up i just i just at the time i was like this is this is weird so i kind of like struggled to engage with the game at times because it was like this is really like i don't like hearing about how the other teams doing this and that but um yeah i mean i thought it was a market improvement like from the fluidity of the team and you could definitely see that coming together a bit more i actually thought kane's he made he played this in another pass over the top that I thought was a, like even better than the one that put Taylor through, um, and he was looking pretty pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we all kind of was. I can't decide whether McDonald's goal was a good one or whether we should have done a little bit more because it feels like it's easy to say, "Oh, we should have closed yeah. him down." Stevens maybe yeah. should have done better. Both. Um, yeah, I, I think he, did, he absolutely had far too much space for where he was. Um, to just get that shot off, but yes, yeah, you, you Stevens doesn't want to be getting beaten from there. I think people on Twitter were saying if that was Eastwood, there'd be a meltdown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's a really fair point. I mean, Stevens is like, yeah, you know, he's ultimately still is a work in progress. Um, yeah, he's a he's a hell of a. We don't have a problem there. I'm not saying anything like that, but um, some shots though, you you've got to praise them for what they are when someone gets hold of them from 30 35 yards but yeah i th- i think um he doesn't get in another kind of five five attempts he's not scoring you know it's one of them where he's just it's pinged off his foot so fair play to macca but yeah second half gillingham just decided right we're happy with the point we're going to sit back we're not even going to press and we then looked pretty good because of that you know obviously we had 72% possession as i said 23 shots there was endless crosses flying in their box that were kind of mm. a little bit aimless but we've had that in the past maybe it's just every now and then that seems to happen to us but Seddon had you know no pressure on him a few times but still was just hitting the first man or um just dragging his his crosses so they were flying out the other side of the box and that type of stuff and it just it wasn't working for me the flank and Matty Taylor had a few chances, didn't he? Because he got the early goal, hit the post or the bar with a header early on. And then he had another chance, didn't he, where it kind of... Got played in with a lovely ball. I'm not sure who it was, but I like the fact that we're playing a lot more into him. Into his feet, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just something about sort of playing to his... Sounds really easy, but like we... I don't know why we've not done more of it, just playing more into his strengths. I mean, he's not hes not a hold-up merchant, but he's kind of like quick-touch, lay it off to spin around the corner, all those sorts of things. And that that's kind of what we need to be doing more of. Well, that combination, Connor, that combination between Kane, we can kind of touch on Accrington as well, but mm-hmm. Herbie Kane stunt, was man of the match for me against Gillingham. And Matty Taylor seemed to be able to read... They had a, some kind of connection, a bit like 
maybe James Henry's jealous. Um, but <laughs> t- t- Taylor seemed to be spinning off the defenders, and then to John's point, Kane was finding him to feet, um, and they seemed to be on the same wavelength. But Herbie Kane looks a proper player now, doesn't he? Yeah, he he really stood out at, uh, against Gillingham. I, th- I thought he he had a fantastic game, and he also had a really good game last night as well. Um, I, I was saying to you guys last night, and also to another friend of mine when he first came in, that I, I wasn't. I I thought he looked a little bit overweight, um, and I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way. I mean it in fact that for a football player, yeah, yeah. I thought he looked a bit a bit like carrying a bit of timber. So I was quite skeptical about whether or not he'd kind of feature so soon if it's, if you know what I mean like whether we kind of need like some you know get some fitness work done or whatever but clearly that's just the way he's built and he looks he looks fit he looks strong I think his his willingness to want the ball is so good to see like we were saying it last night weren't we that every time yeah. our centre-backs have the ball he is he's asking for it he wants the ball to feet you can see that he's played at a good level before um obviously coming through um, the academy at Liverpool, he's just one of those players that he, he really wants the ball and he makes things happen. And I think that is kind of, and I don't. This again, no disrespect to Brannigan, but I think this is kind of what the midfield, what our midfield yeah. sometimes lacks at times. It's it's that creative. Yeah, flair. give it to me. I don't care that there's two players around me. I'm pointing at my feet. Just give so it to me, and I'll do me. something. Trust with me. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's it's what we lack in midfield is that a little bit of creativity. And again, that's no disrespect to, to either Henry or um, or Brannigan. Um, and I think Herbie Kane, I think he gives us that. You know, even after these two short, these two kind of I say short games, but two games that we've watched him kind of shine. Um, he's definitely got the technical ability. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think he could prove to be a really really important player this year, and he makes our midfield look really strong. Anyway, I mean the options we have now, it, it's again it's brilliant. It's it's testament to the recruitment team this year because I think they have done really well. well that's what I was going to say, John. That midfield last night was Henry Kane and Brannigan. Did you you know the balance? I, we weren't quite sure how it would work, and we said in previous pods, you know, is Kane really going to be able to play in that deeper position? But it all kind of worked pretty well. Yeah, it, it worked and. It works really well, and you know, building on that point about Brannigan, I think whether Kane's at defensive midfield or in the in the other part of midfield, it feels like he just takes the pressure off Brannigan to constantly. Brannigan always seems to want to try and come and get the ball and yeah. make, create and make something happen. Whereas actually, I think he's better getting into spaces and playing people in or down the sides. And then Henry's role is more about getting five yards and then making something happen, whereas. Kane can play it through the lines, roll it around the sides, that sort of stuff, and it was kind of working. I'm sort of, I was surprised it worked so well last night, but I don't think Accrington really got going at all where it could have caused problems because KR said it himself. Kane doesn't have the snuff out danger side of things like Gorin does. In certain teams, it seems like a bit of a gamble to try and play those three in the same midfield, but. When it works, we'll yeah. definitely we'll we'll beat teams more than we'll concede. Well, may, maybe that's it, isn't it? Is certain teams you kind of deploy those guys because you're not perhaps expecting so so much of a turnover in midfield and people smashing through the middle of the park. But I, I wouldn't have said Accrington with that team to deploy them against. That's yeah, but, yeah, but it's like, true. You know, but it's it's fair enough. They were above us in the league going into last night. Mm. It's worth mentioning. And then when the team came out. 
we had McNally in um, at the back alongside Moore. Don't think well, I think we were saying had they partnered each other. We weren't really sure as of no, yet. And then we had Ford in for Long uh, right back, who had a pretty good game. You know, you didn't really notice him too much, which I think was a good thing. Um, yeah, and then obviously Holland came in on the left wing, and he had a pretty good start, didn't he, Connor? He did, yeah, he did. And again, it's it's interesting to see that Gavin White was completely dropped and Holland obviously um, was given his chance after he was dropped against Gillingham. He wasn't even in the squad. Um, how, how did KR start- refer to it? He said harsh harsh truths or harsh words, as in he referred to yeah. Holland not training well and other bits and pieces like that. there was something about a knock as well, wasn't there? Or was that just probably cover, give him a bit of reason to sort of... Maybe. Not completely... I mean, he looked, he looked fit yesterday, didn't he? So, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, why, why, why? Oh, sorry, why? Right. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I didn't hear anything about that. Um, but the Holland, the Holland thing was interesting actually because I, I, I watched the interview that he did after the game, and he said that he has a very good relationship with Carl Robinson, so he understood um, where KL was coming from uh, when he was dropped against Gillingham. So, you know. At least he's acknowledged, you know, whatever the reason was, if it was to do with training or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I digress. Um, no, Holland started off brilliantly. I mean, it, that, that that first goal was was uh, was really nice. I mean, that the, you know he received it from Brannigan and he and he turned, he rolled rolled one of the defenders and, and he drove straight straight at the heart of the back four. And yeah, okay, he got a little bit lucky with some of the kind of ricochets yeah. off off various legs. But when it fell back to him in the box, you know, it was a neat finish. And it's one of those goals that you you like to see a winger score that type of goal because it's, it's you know, he, he, re- he receives a ball with his back to goal. He turns, he drives, and he makes things happen. And that was good to see Holland do that because yeah. so far this season, we've not really seen that. So it was actually he a really good goal. And it was a goal well. that, like, he he ran really well out. with it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he yeah exactly because when he rolled that 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 uh, defender, uh, first of all he he tracked him the entire way and had it you know it was argy yeah, bargy with him big old so as well that was yeah he was yeah him down I thought the link yeah. with Seddon was apart from the goals obviously the but he seemed to be linking with Seddon in general play quite well yeah, yeah. and that's I mean, that second goal all Seddon's across was absolutely on the money wasn't it it couldn't put it in yeah. a better place on like grass cutter and then yeah great finish again wasn't it by Holland yeah it was a really really good goal that that was a that was a I don't know I I feel that's like a, a goal I would say is an oxygenated goal <laughs> it sounds stupid it was literally some, it was do you know what I mean though but like, it was a great it was a really really good good football a really good footballing goal um obviously the the link up between Taylor Holland and Seddon was uh it's really good to see, and like you say, that the cross was, wow, perfect, inch perfect, and it's a really neat finish as well from Holland. You know, just took it across his stride into the far right hand corner. So it was, um, yeah, it was a really nice goal to watch. It was yeah. good, and Holland wasn't done there, John. He came, he came out and then got a really good assist for a kind of a disguised through ball through to Matty, and then Matty Taylor. You know, beautiful finish that wasn't it. Yeah, I mean that was that kind of like 
seems to be the pod of cliches, but like class is permanent. <laughs> <laughs> the pod um, of cliches. That's going to be the title um, of it, James. Because uh, that finish was, I mean, I kind of thought the moment was gone because I've, I've never, I don't know, I guess I've never really thought of Matt Taylor as a particularly left footed finisher type. Mm. Um, but it was just a ridiculous finish, great assist. And like, <laughs> so was, you just think about it. I'd love us to score those goals, but equally, I can't get out of my mind the Bowden and the Gorin miss in the Gillingham games that were like a yard out in front of the goal. <laughs> just oh, God, back. do you know what? We yeah. completely breezed yeah, over those, didn't just, we? Just smash them in, please. Like, it's not difficult. I mean, yeah, we want Oxford United goals, as Connor has just said, but equally, can we just cut out some of the um, shocking chances like that? But, I mean, it was just clicking, wasn't it? I mean, everyone, I couldn't tell you where people were playing at the times. There was just sort of like almost a fluid midfield and attack. Um, and it was just everyone was on, looking on it and really confident. And we've not seen that really yeah. since kind of bits of the Lincoln game, maybe bits of the Gillingham game. Um, and to have the confidence to go, you know, once we conceded that goal, that we were kind of a little bit wobbly for a couple of minutes, but then to have the confidence to go again a few times and that. Connor, was the Sykes goal your favourite? Slide tackle <laughs> finish from 30 yards or whatever? No, it, <laughs> no it, was, it, it definitely pleased me because of who scored it. I mean, we all know I've still got a soft spot for Sykes. So it was... Um, yeah, it was it, like you say. It was it was a great way to to kind of bounce back from conceding because I remember Jack saying when we were watching a game together, Jack said something along the lines of, "Oh, can we just kill it, please? Can we just kill it after after they scored?" Um, because I think he was getting a bit nervy that it, you know in that ten minutes between Hamilton scoring and, and Sykes going on to score the fourth yeah. that that Accrington were kind of growing into the game a bit. And I think, I think got a bit nervy that if it was a three, two scenario that they could come back into this, but like you say, we showed some you know, real class really to go on and, and really kill the game off. Um, and obviously Sykes is, Sykes is finished to be fair. It's quite impressive actually. A slight tackle what, finish from the edge of the box. What did Jack stat? say? Yeah, I was going to say. 48 games. He hadn't scored in 48 games before this, but now he's got two in or two five. in five. Five. Two, two in five. five. Two, yeah. in, two in five yeah. and before. Wasn't it more than 48? I don't well, know. Could have been even more than that, but, yeah. We've, but we've always said, haven't we, about Sykes, that if he can add goals to his game, he's an absolute star player. So two in five, you know, maybe we're going to start to see it. So let's hope so because... I mean, I've always been a big fan of Sykes, but he he's got the ability. It's just it's just whether or not he shows yeah. up on the day. Really, he's one of those players. Um, so hopefully he will from now on. Yeah, I'm I'm buzzing. I'm absolutely buzzing. I hope he stays in the team. Same, you know, definitely. going forward as well. I think I just think he's he's class. Um, got a quick turn and everything as well. And obviously we got the fifth goal towards the end. Who was it? Brannigan that had the shot that ended up kind of piling back off one of their defenders. What's his face? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I love the crowd reaction because it was the, it was like, oh, as in he saved it. And then it was just a celebration straight afterwards because, because it just ricocheted <laughs> straight off him. It just pinged into the back of the net. It was quite amusing, to be fair. Um, it was quite, quite. We had another home game against Accrington a couple of years ago that was really similar to this. It was a Tuesday night. Accrington played all right. The stats were quite similar, but we kind of pummeled them again. So we've we've done all right against them at home in recent 
Maybe, say, yeah. yeah. John, John Coleman was kind of sort of, I think he almost said similar things as to that game after this one, where he was kind of relatively positive and said, you know, that we should, there were opportunities we should have kind of taken a bit more and sort of seemed to gloss over the fact it was 5 1. Um, but to me, they they kind of turned up like 4 5 1. Very, but they didn't. They didn't sit that deep, and they didn't really press us. So they mm. just seemed to leave loads of space. They didn't look particularly on it, but they didn't look like a poor football team. They looked like they had good players, but they were just relying on kind of short, sharp moves to earn them like a chance, which they had in like the first half. They kind of knocked it up, and then you know, sort of lay off and sort of shot on target. And I think Stephen saved it, but there yeah. was kind of. They just played in a weird way. They they weren't terrible, but they weren't on it. And they didn't seem to be either saying, look, we'll turn up and do what we know teams can do against us. It just seemed to be very weird against us. And we are, and that's not to take anything away from us. Obviously, we were brilliant. And that's a big reason why they looked average. But strange. Yeah. So just before we preview the Wednesday game on Saturday, sounds confusing to say, Um anything stand out for people across league one in terms of how teams are doing recent results there's been a lot of goals over the last couple of nights um yeah. sunderland's kind of tearing up at the moment aren't they top of the league um five nil win it does pay i was saying this last night when we were watching the the Accrington game where you know when we lose to cheltenham one nil and then you see them get battered five nil and it was the same like losing to wimbledon then they go and get you know, they have a following terrible results somewhere else afterwards. It seems to always be us. I think um I think Portsmouth's form is the thing that's uh that looks mm. quite shocking, I think, at the moment. I, I mean, having said that about Portsmouth, if we would have lost if we would have lost last night, then our form would have been exactly the same as theirs. So, you know, it's it's one of those where at this early stage I do feel like what one win can take can you know, can really shoot you back up the table um i mean we, we were an example of that last night um i I'm, I'm kind of upset that that ipswich finally battered someone um because i was really hoping that they just wouldn't click at all and you can well you know they might go and might go and lose on saturday but I, you can just imagine all the Ipswich fans after last night's six nil smashing of Doncaster that they were just going, "Oh, we've clicked! We finally clicked!" Like all these players they brought in. So I hope they haven't. Um, <laughs> Doncaster, I'm, I'm just Doncaster look like they're going to really struggle this season, though, don't they? Based yeah, I mean on... they get. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're, obviously right. they're, they're rock bottom, aren't they? I mean they've conceded what thirteen goals. Or, I mean on no, that sorry, point around minus bat- thirteen goal difference. Bat- on that point around battering teams, I mean. KR said rightly, probably rightly afterwards that someone was due, we were due a performance like this. But if you think about what if we hadn't won last night, we would be in such having such a different conversation than we are now. Yeah. And I'm I'm grateful we're going into the Wednesday game with like basically what feels like top form, really. Um Yeah. Plymouth are the other one. It takes the pressure off it, though, doesn't yeah. it? Like we were saying, it's like if we didn't get, if we drew last night or lost, then it adds to yeah. the pressure of a, another, you know, an away game. Our away form's terrible, and we're expected to lose. And then suddenly, you'll probably, you know, other teams are claw back places. It would have been. You're right. It would have been such a different feeling. Yeah, I mean, also we've, although we've only got, um, 
I say only, but four points from the last two games. The performances have, have been so much better since the Cheltenham game. The, you know, the Gillingham yeah. game and the Accrington game, the performances have been far, far better than that um, than that away game. So, like you say, in terms of going into the game on top form, I mean, it's one of those things where if, if momentum is a thing, then we've, we've got some in terms of the performance side. So hopefully um, we can kind of follow that follow that through against um Sheffield Wednesday. What the frick has happened to Charlton? I didn't even realise I was looking for them in the table going where where are they? Second from bottom. Second bottom. Who's yeah. the Nigel is it Nigel Atkins? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Positive. Just... He always looks for the positive in everything. He'd lose like four <laughs> 0 and be like, Yep, yeah, you know, the ball boy was great. <laughs> I think I think if I remember rightly, like, because they've got a new chairman and like they're playing out that kind of like, oh, we're in a transition of footballing style type, bo- mm. type bollocks, which is is that is just kind of that, but not buying um, that. The other one, like Plymouth, Plymouth were like, I remember reading a lot of like various different like pre- season previews, and everyone had Plymouth to be in the bottom four. Now, well, they went on a terrible run at the end of last season. Yeah, it, exactly. But I mean, they're fourth and beat beating teams. I think they beat Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, they beat they beat Sheffield Wednesday three 0 at home. Yeah, at their home, at Plymouth's home. But that's definitely a turn up. And then obviously Lincoln have fallen away a bit, which is interesting. The the only other one is like a lot of people tipped Milton Keynes. Um, the new guys come in, he's kind of picked up where they left off. But it seems they've had thirty three goals in their ten games. <laughs> so maybe that kind of that was kind of a similar thing for them wasn't it last season just en- endless goals for their matches but that twine guy they signed from um the scum down the road has absolutely smashed it got a hat trick last night um yeah right so john have you done some looking into sheffield wednesday before we start could you guys think of the last time we took in a league game, beat a scalp like Wednesday. Have we ever done it for like the last? Because I was thinking we took Sheffield United close, maybe once or twice. Definitely away, there was one where we scored first. Hemmings, maybe that we went one nil up half time. That basically saved Wilder's like Sheffield United job, really, because yeah, he was right, right on the edge, and then they beat us two one. Ched Evans score or something. Oh, I don't remember. remember. But then um, Sunderland. Obviously, we ha- we love a one all against Sunderland, but we we scored um, first in those games as well. But I I, th- I don't think we've if we beat Wednesday, I think it would be a massive a massive thing for us to take a scalp like that. But mm. John, tell us how we're going to do it. Well, I thought I thought firstly, you know, we've got to look at the um, the reunions that are coming up in this game, really. So we've got your man, <laughs> Mr. Marvin Johnson, who will be pleased to know. Is playing a mixture of left back and left wing for them. Of course. So you might see some of your beloved. Um, I do love Marvin Johnson. Rampaging from left back, he's. I think he's played left back more than left wing, so that's um interesting. Obviously, big Shay Dunkley, who we wouldn't have expected to be there, but obviously moved from Wigan um, when they collapsed. Um, I think it was Jack was making the point that Dunkley at set pieces could be pretty dangerous, but. That that should be a that should be a really nice moment when he when he comes out because he's not come back or 
Yeah, we haven't so, seen him really. Yeah, he, I, I think we played against him when he was at Wigan, right? I'm pretty sure. Maybe we did. Um, Hopefully not one of those. Yeah, I think we did. Eight nils or whatever it was. <laughs> they kind of in a great space, and then I don't think he'll play because I think he's injured. But um, Shodders is a. Uh, on loan at um, Sheffield Wednesday. We can't call him Shodders anymore. It's nothing to do with us. <laughs> okay. That was it. That was the endearing Mide um, nickname. Mide yeah. Shadipo is on loan. Only four stars. <laughs> There's middle names in there as well. I'm not the bastard. Those. I'm not doing those. <laughs> Jesus, James. So, I don't. Um, I don't think he's lit it up there. To, to be honest. Um, but I mean, they're they're kind of. I think they're in the same kind of space as us, but possibly slightly ahead of us in terms of form. I mean, their their form isn't isn't great. I mean, they've they won the, they won last night against Wigan away, which is a really good result, obviously. Before that, they drew two and lost two, but their home form is really good. It's two wins and a draw, so that's not yeah. ideal. But if you think where they were as a team, start of the season, they'd obviously been relegated, had the point deduction. They've got all sorts of problems with playing the pay, paying their players on time. I mean, their finances, I saw the last set of results was a £24 million loss. They've done that thing which other teams have done where they've sold their stadium to the owner mm. and then kind of that dodgy sort of mix. Then the start of the season, they had... No, well, not, not many players, and were kind of an all over the shop. And Barry Bannon, your favourite player, James, who we'll talk about it's more, he came out and said, "It's an absolute mess. We're basically all turning up on Friday, and God knows what we're going to turn up to." So, considering they're actually pretty stable in League One at the moment, and they've beaten Rotherham away, they've drawn Ipswich game before Wigan, so they're getting some decent results. Um, so I think they're yeah, in a pretty good place stability wise on, on the pitch um, and they've not you know they've got some decent players they don't seem like they've kind of hung over from the championship except for Mr Barry Bannon who I know you I wonder what his wages are or when he last signed a contract so is what I, I did yeah. some research just for you on this on this point so he did sign so he, I don't think he's on 20 grand a week anymore okay. which was rumoured because he signed a new deal in February this year, so I imagine they kind of said, "Look, Baz, can you even wait? Can you, <laughs> Baz, can you level your wages out to something a little bit more, um, you know, give you a re- sausage roll, less bankrupt, contributing towards?" Um, yeah, but he did, but he didn't have a relegation clause when he was in the championship, and that's why he, there's a whole he gets paid twenty twenty five grand a week in League One thing came up. Um, but they've got so they've obviously got Barry Bannon, um, and they've got Saido Barahino, which is again. I can't believe he's even still playing football. To be honest, um, but he still is probably quite young, isn't he? But has he ever scored? Where Where did he go? Like Stoke, he was at. He went to Belgium and like Bulgaria and like maybe I'm making Bulgaria up, but he kind of ended up doing that sort of. He was at Stoke for ages, and or was it? It was West Brom or somewhere West else. West Brom, and then I think he maybe went to Stoke for a little bit. Yeah. Um. Didn't, but it hasn't worked out for him ever since West Brom 
uh, declined a move for him to go to Spurs at the time after he was smashing it, wasn't he? And then um, he was he, he, West Brom wouldn't let him go, and it just ruined him after that. It must be quite yeah. difficult for the guy to be fair <laughs> to go through that, but yeah, anyway. I mean, he's he's um, I think he's scored for Chef Wednesday now, and yeah, I think spoken pretty well about how he's kind of really bought into the club and it's the right place for him. So fair play, not against us, but hopefully that works out for him. And then they've got um, Callum Patterson, who's the Scottish international. Who I found a brilliant quote from him based on their talking about the Wigan game. And he mm. goes, everyone knows I'm not Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best technical player in the world. And then goes on to say how basically he was like, just put on to kind of like work really hard and get about the place and sort of, Rotter, not a rotter, just to get you know support the strikers sort of in number ten role basically. So they've got some useful players. They've got Josh Windass, um, Sam Hutchison, your favourite player as well. He used to used to be good at Chelsea. He retired and then he's come back out of retirement. But he was he had he was tipped to get into the Chelsea first team at one point. Really push on. Yeah, he played played a lot of times for Chef Wednesday and then randomly went to Greece for five games and then came back to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so they've got Josh Windass as well. Yeah, they've, they've signed him. He's a good, he's a good he, player, isn't he? He was where, I think if I'm getting this right, he was, when he moved from Accrington, or was it Morecambe, he went to Sheffield Wednesday. Or, it might be, or he might have gone to Scotland and then back down to Sheffield Wednesday. But he's a decent player. Lewis Wings on loan from mid- Middlesbrough, centre midfield. He's a pretty good player. So, But they've not got a huge, like beyond sort of Barry Bannon and sort of a bit Berahino. They've not got this sort of championship hangout hang up in their team. So, you know, it, it's gonna be difficult really and you know, they sort of formation wise they, they seem to be playing a like sort of standard four two three one. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be a, a pretty t- tough game, but they're in a they seem quite stable and Darren Moore's if you think about Darren Moore's Doncaster team last year, that was like one of our one of the most impressive teams we played last season. So I don't know if I've diagnosed any sort of chinks in the armour, but um, it should be a decent game. I think we're both in good places, teams both with confidence. So that's the curse for nil nil. <laughs> I don't. I I don't think there's a chance this will be nil nil. Who no, who do you guys so. reckon will play? Like who do you think will start? But I think we were saying, weren't we, yesterday after the Accrington game, like. What does KR do now? Because I, I don't think he would probably be expecting to start Holland. But now, well, I mean, like before the Accrington game, I think he'd have wanted to put him out, but probably not against I, them. Do you know, I think Henry might be dropped, you know. Yeah, I think he'll might. play. I think he'll play Gorin, Herbie, Brannigan, midfield. And I think Ooh. it'll be the same front three as last night. I think Sykes, I think Sykes will play Sykes. Taylor and Holland. I mean, the only thing I do see is Sykes might Sykes might make way and Henry might go out on the right. But um, yeah, that's what I think because I, I I think a team like Sheffield Wednesday is 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 a team where you need Alex Goran. And I know we were talking about it earlier when we said about like how you know you'd expected him to play against a team like Accrington or whatever. But I feel like with the the quality that that um, Wednesday have across the board, I think you need a player like Goran who can kind of break things down. He's a little bit more, yeah, um, you know, he's, he's a hard hitter. He, you know, he's intelligent. 
he's um, defensively minded. I think he's he's yeah. an important player, so I think he will start. But also, you can't drop Herbie Kane because the last two games he's been absolutely basically the best. Basically the best he, on the he's he's going to be and Brannigan is a staple. He might be so, Kane, the most important player on again on Saturday because we yeah. we've gone from games where we've had 60-70% possession we're not going to have that on Saturday so if Kane is picking the ball up and he's got the vision that we kind of have already seen he's got and you've got yeah. you do, let's say you do start White or Holland those guys are going to be pacing on the counter and they need someone to be able to find them right so I think you know that could make yeah. make the difference I think there's yeah. I mean con- not controversially but and it's an embarrassment of Rich's problem that we've got you could make a case for not dropping Brannigan because I'm not saying he's played badly, but if he comes back to this thing about who can shoot and who can score, that's Henry in the midfield. Yeah, Dykes on the wing kind of does work pretty well. Kane, you can't drop because that would be mad. He's never dropping Brannigan, um, man. No, no, no I, I'm not. I don't think he will do. But I just, I just, for me, I kind of exciting I want, though. I want Henry in the team, and I think Sykes yeah. deserves to be in the team. But it's probably between Henry and Sykes. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Um, and then White's definitely got a role to play because I think he's a big. He's. I'd like to think he was a big game player, and this is definitely one where he'll get chances to run at a team that's, well, that's not shut cause, up shop. Because he's going to be off for the international break as well. I think he'll probably. I start. I think he'll start. I think mm. White will start. I can see White and Holland both starting, flanking Taylor, because I think it's that it's the counter mentality. But so what? So Henry and yeah. Sykes are both dropped. I don't. Do you know what? Connor? I don't have <laughs> a clue. I don't. Know. I reckon we should just play thirteen players and let and let them all start because they've all been that good. <laughs> I, I think go. it's been a while though since I've been so confused to not be able to predict. Um, I don't know how KR feels. Yeah, I think. Although having four... said that, he probably knows already, doesn't he? I think there's three positions. I think it's Henry Sykes and Holland who are the most at risk out of those that we've named. Yeah, do you think so. also, do you think at the back, do you think Long will come back in and do you think Thornley yeah. will come in for what, McNally? Also, yeah. Yeah. After, after Elliot Moore's chicken dancing defending against Atkinson, I'm half to, no, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not making a serious <laughs> point about dropping Elliot Moore whatsoever, but that defending for the Atkinson goal was appalling. I just remembered it now. Yeah. I, I, I actually quite like the fact. Well, very briefly, I, I'm I'm quite happy with the like. I, I like that we have three centre halves actually play this season, whereas previously it's always been two. I quite like that we've got McNally, who's slowly grown into a really, you know, I think into an important player. I think McNally will come good. I think he'll be another centre half that we'll make money off in the future. Um, but yeah, James, go on. Predictions. I, I'm going to ask you, James. Go on. You go first. I think this is going to be the big scalp that I've oh. been waiting for. I, I honestly, I, I reckon we're going to win two-one, and we'll go two-nil up. They'll score. They'll get one back with 20 minutes left, and it'll be excruciatingly painful until the <laughs> end of the game. But we'll do it, and everything will be great. I I think obviously because loads of us are going from the pod from the pod and like from the local area, it will be that three two classic scalp. I'm going with the team scalp as well. Oh God, three two win, a ridiculous away day. Um, why not? 
like we're all excited oh. about it. So well, let's just hype it. I hope that does happen because there's a lot of people that I know are going to the game, and obviously you guys are all going. Which is the first game you 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 guys have been to f- together for ages. So I hope it does go that way. Just for your sake, really, not not anything else. Um, You're going to say but, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say but, yeah. I, I don't know. My heart says one thing and my head says the other. Um, my head, sure? my head says, sure? my head, yeah, another one. Um, my head my says, telling me no. <laughs> my body, my body is telling me to run. <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> I need to get regain my composure. Um, I think, I think, yeah, my head's saying we're gonna we're gonna get nothing out of the game, but my heart, and I'm gonna go with my heart. I'm gonna go with my heart. Three-one win. Oh my god, that's better. I'll take that. Yeah. I want to concede first if that's happening. Yeah, just to bring yeah. to bring us we, down to an ultimate. Jay Dunkley. Jay Dunkley will score a header. Oh yeah, I'd forgotten. About and then, that. Even and then we'll, um, yeah. Shay Dunkley score ahead from a corner, and then we're going to go on and beat them. And uh, Herbie Kane's going to score his first goal for us, and he's going to take his top off and laugh at me because he's because I said he was overweight. He's going to do it. He's going to fling gonna it around pit, his head. He's going to yeah. There'll be a there t-shirt go. underneath though that says something about <laughs> you, Connor. Um, <laughs> I was just, I was about fan. to say I haven't been there for long, but we, we we played them in the League Cup like four years ago on a Tuesday, didn't we? I, I went to that. I think we lost 1-0. It wasn't very fun. Mm. But, you know, I'm ex- definitely expecting league game away. Should be great. I wonder how many fans... They don't really tell us how many that we've sold, but we had an allocation of like 2,000. But I don't think with the petrol Just over 2, there, excitement think, yeah. that's going on will Christ. be helping anyone. That's what I mean. I was looking at the train tickets, like hundred quid. Oh, here we go. Here we go. For listeners, just to context, <laughs> this James has been going on in the WhatsApp group chat about train prices just constantly. Stop now, everyone, this is yeah. Give up, unplug, take your headphones out. I think we need up. cultural and society based section that we just talk about things like train prices in each pod. <laughs> have to just mix the agenda up. But yeah. like petrol Make shortage, the for... and then the train costs a hundred quid. So Time like, what are you gonna do? Trains. <sighs> okay, obviously Sorry. neither of you are biting at that. You just want me to move on? No, I did. I did just bite, but I whispered it. So yeah, fine. Right. Okay, well, okay, I hope. That, I hope that's got everyone extremely excited for Saturday. Um, hopefully, it's a positive result because we probably haven't got a game for what, two weeks after that, if Sunderland moves. So, oh, it'd be, yeah. it'd be, do you know what I mean? It'd be amazing to get a positive result to then go into yeah. that period. Yeah, it's yeah. shit that period. I hate that sort of... For, 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 for fans of lower league football, it's shit. It is dull. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I can't... Jack. Jack's very loyal and goes to see all the England games. But I'm not quite there yet. Mm. I'm still very much, I'll latch on when the tournament comes around. Yeah, same answer. To be honest <laughs> with you, I'm, I'm more of a local boy. Than that. Right, let's cut it there. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll probably catch you at some point after the Wednesday game. Have a good week. See you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>